Hello everyone, this episode of Luke's English Podcast is sponsored by Audible. They are the internet's top provider of downloadable audiobooks. And if you'd like to download a free audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke, or just click one of the Audible logos on my website. Now let's start this new episode of the podcast, and here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. How are you doing? I hope you're all fine and well and healthy and enjoying uh, whatever it is you're doing. If you're sitting on a bus, I hope it's not too awful. If you're on a train, equally, I think it, I hope it's not too awful. I hope the train is moving towards your destination without any delay. Um, So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, welcome back. Uh, This episode features another chat with Alex Love, who was on the podcast recently in episodes 366 and 367. And I decided I'd get Alex back on the podcast today for several reasons. The first reason is because he is now in Edinburgh at the festival, and his show seems to be doing very well. In fact, so far, every performance has been completely sold out in advance, and he's making a nice profit. Um, I'm very happy to hear that, and I thought that we could get a little Edinburgh report from Alex, and actually have uh, a normal conversation without it being derailed by poor internet connections and uh, other distractions. And in fact, that's what we've managed to do, as you will hear. The second reason I brought Alex back is um, to do our own Luke's English podcast pub quiz, in which we ask each other questions and test our knowledge. And that's what you will hear in part two of this conversation. Um, I have divided this conversation into two parts again, to make it more manageable for you. In part one, we talk about Alex's show. That's this episode. We'll talk about Alex's show, some details about the culture of pub quizzes in the UK, and also we go off on several quite instructive tangents about stag and hen parties, male strippers, the Smurfs, and the anatomy of giant squid, which are large sea creatures with tentacles. Now that sounds quite random, but it's not really. It's actually perfectly logical, and it will all become clear as you listen to the conversation. And I think there's quite a lot to learn about British culture in this episode, as you will see. There's also quite a lot of vocabulary to watch out for, and I will go through that with you in just a moment. Uh, Then in part two, that will be the second episode, you'll hear Alex and I playing our own pub quiz in which we ask each other various questions in order to test our general knowledge. Um, I expect that by the time you listen to this episode, Alex's Edinburgh show will be over and all his shows seem to be sold out anyway. But what the hell, I'll mention the details of it anyway. So his show is called How How to Win a Pub Quiz. It takes place at 12 o'clock lunchtime at The Stand in Edinburgh in rooms five and six. Again, I don't know how he manages to occupy two different rooms at the same time, but you'll have to go and see the show in order to find out how he manages to defy the laws of physics. Uh, But anyway, it's at The Stand in rooms five and six until the 14th of August. What's the date today? The 12th of August today. So you never know. You might be in Edinburgh. It might be a chance to catch one of the last shows. Uh, All the details and bookings and stuff can be found on the Ed Fringe website. And the link, the specific link that you need, can be found on the page for this episode on my website. Uh, 
Um, now, I mentioned vocabulary, and um, so I'm now going to go through some words and expressions that you might want to notice as they come up in this conversation. So I've listened back to the conversation, and I've made another list of words and phrases that you're going to hear. So this is language that you might not know and which you might want to learn. Um, I'm not defining and explaining all the vocabulary here. I'm just encouraging you to notice it. And hopefully, um, I'm, I'm making it a bit easier for you to uh, notice all of this stuff. Okay. Now, being mindful of language while you're listening to this podcast is important. If you're switched on and, in, and attentive, taking mental note of different features of English as you move through these episodes, then you're in a much better position to retain words and phrases and add them to your own active vocabulary. Also, if you're into studying while you listen... Um, you will find all these phrases written on the page for this episode, uh, and you can then look at them. You can look them up in a dictionary, and you can try the Oxford, Cambridge, Macmillan, or Collins dictionaries online. They're all freely available, which is nice. Um, so now I'm just going to read out each phrase, and you can try to notice them as they come up naturally in our conversation. So here we go. So we start with the expression uh, "old habits die hard." For example, it just goes to show that old habits die hard. So that's old habits die hard. Then the love interest. She plays the love interest in the movie. That's the love interest. A Hindu. There was a group of girls on a Hindu sitting on the front row. A Hindu. A stag do. There was a group of lads on a stag do in the audience. A stag do. A mixed bag. How was the show? Uh, it was a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. A mixed bag. Self-deprecating. For example, we make lots of self-deprecating jokes. Self-deprecating. A bit hit and miss. The show was a bit hit and miss, to be honest. A bit hit and miss. Inconsistent. It was quite an inconsistent show. Inconsistent. Bland. It was a bit bland and boring. Next one. I died on my ass. He, he absolutely died on his ass on stage at the show last night. I died on my ass. To slag someone off. For example, we used to slag off the entire audience in our show. To slag someone off. To badmouth someone. For example, we badmouth the audience at the beginning of the show. To badmouth someone. Next, it's frowned upon. Being brutal with a Hindu is frowned upon. You're not supposed to do it. Whereas it's okay to insult a stag do. So that's the expression to, to be frowned upon. Next is a sash. There was a girl on the front row wearing a sash. A sash. Next one is just the, the, the phrase, the first album I ever bought. The first album I ever bought. For example, Smurfs Go Pop was the first album I ever bought. Next, we have the word anthropomorphic. For example, Smurfs are quite anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Next, we have uh, the gestation period. For example, humans have a nine-month gestation period. So that's gestation period. Next word is promiscuous. For example, everyone says she's quite promiscuous. That's promiscuous. Then we have to beat around the bush. For example, come on, don't beat around the bush, just say it straight. To beat around the bush. 
Next one is to cast aspersions. I don't mean to cast aspersions on Smurfette. To cast aspersions. And then to hear something and to hear about something. So the difference between to hear something and to hear about something. Um, then we have a squid and a giant squid. And the then the word tentacles. For example, they have ten tentacles, whereas octopuses have eight limbs. Uh, then we have ten inches in diameter. So the expression in diameter. For example, their eyes are ten inches in diameter. Uh, then we have the word a beak. A beak. So, uh, for example, what do birds have at the end of their faces? This is this is what birds have at the end of their faces. It's a kind of a. It's like the mouth of a bird or in fact the mouth of a squid. So that's a beak. Um, and then the expression, your eyes are too big for your stomach. Your eyes are too big for your stomach. Um, and then the word dismal, dismal, which means terrible. And the expression to come in third place, like you come in first, come in second, come in third. Uh, and the, the sentence, Paul is coming in a dismal third place. Okay, so that's it for the vocabulary and for this introduction. So let's now join the conversation I had with Alex Love yesterday afternoon. Uh, watch out for the vocabulary and see what you can learn about things like hen do's, stag do's, male and female strippers, the Smurfs, and giant squid. Um, also, there is a bit of swearing in this episode, so you've been warned. Uh, but that's it for the introduction. I will now let you listen to the conversation. And here we go. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Very well, thanks. Your sound quality is much better than it was before. Well, we'll see. Oh, a little bit of bit of robotics there. Yep. Yep. Old habits die hard. They do, don't they? How mm. How's everything going? Yeah, really good. I really can't complain. It's been going much better than I ever thought. Um, so every day since Saturday has been sold out. And so Saturday, this Saturday and Sunday are sold out. Um, I'm about four... How many... Uh, about four tickets away from selling out tomorrow and then about another eight or nine from selling out on Friday. So it could be sold out for all but one date, which is, which is going to be nice. That's brilliant. Oh, Are you recording, by the way? Yeah, I am recording this. I'm yeah. all, I've already started yeah. recording. So, okay, well, that's really good. I'm, I'm glad to know that it's uh, going so well. It um, is, yeah. And, and today there was um, a lady who actually got on stage at one point to read out a script that I've written um, and she plays the love interest. Um, it turns out she's actually a booking agent for a comedy, um, some theatres, and she wants to book me for um, definitely certainly one date um, in the uh, uh, in the Lake District at some point. And she says she runs a few others as well, so there may be scope to actually tour this shit, which is going to be nice. <laughs> so, is that the kind of the next step then? After you've done a, if if you do a successful show at Edinburgh, what is the next step? I honestly don't know. It's, um, well, last year I was, did a successful show, but it, it really resulted in, well, I suppose, where I am now. It, it gave me a bit of um, leverage to, to approach a, uh, a paid promoter to mm. do um, a show. So, yeah, it's, it's still taking, well, the first two shows, were, it was taking a bit of getting used to people actually have to paying to, to see me perform instead of it being free. And I was just a bit paranoid that they'd be, they think it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bit... Initially, it was like, oh, are they going to hate me? And then, you know, Saturday happened, and then it's just all been amazing from there, really. So um, it was a full house, and there was a Hindu in the front row, and, yeah, it was great fun. And then it just sort of set me on 
off on a bit of a roll. That's good. There was a hen do in the front row. Yes. Do, do, would you like to explain to your listeners what a hen do is? Do you want me to explain what a hen do is? Yeah. Okay. So um, when, when, uh, when someone gets married, um, well, the man and the woman, they both have like these parties before they get married. And so uh, the men go away with all their friends and they get really drunk and have a crazy night. And that's called a stag do. Right, a stag is like... You, 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 you didn't invite me on your stag, did you? Um, no, I didn't, no. No, you didn't. <laughs> I had very limited uh, numbers of, you know, places to for... for the friends. Places. Only the select few were invited onto the stag. Yeah, only the elite. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, no, you didn't get invited on my stag, do. Um, did you invite any of your listeners? No, none of my listeners got invited. In fact, I've oh. never talked about my stag, do. I think okay. I've never talked about my stag do on the podcast. So um, is that for a reason? Not particularly. No. Um, no. I'm actually. I'm sure I did mention it in the episode I did about the wedding because I did a naturally I did a wedding episode. Of course. I of must course. have. I must have mentioned the stag do in that. But other than that, I haven't really talked about it very much. But, okay. You know, my stag do was, you know, not completely mad. It was quite. Um, I wouldn't say sober. Definitely not. But it was quite sensible. Really, we just. Um, booked a house there was i don't know how many people about 10 people we booked a house okay. in the in the welsh countryside and um we did some sort of outdoor games like we did some archery during the day and we drank a lot of beer um nice not, not at the same time because obviously that would be that would uh, be hazardous that would be hazardous dangerous so men go on a stag do a stag is like a male deer isn't it yeah yes they've got antlers mm-hmm. famously Hunters, yep. like, hunters like to shoot them and then display their heads on the wall. I've never really understood why uh, hunters like to do that. They chop off the head of the, the stag. An amazing, an amazing animal. Yeah. They kill it and then chop off his head as some sort of... It's, somehow it's better to have you know, just their head than this amazing creature actually being alive. Right. They stick the head on the wall. It's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, those are stags, and that's a stag do. And women also do it, but uh, for women it's called a hen do, or a hen party. A hen is a female chicken. Um, I've no idea why it's called a hen do, or a hen party. Do you know? Um, uh, I don't, actually. Uh, I should, but I don't. Hello there, I'm interrupting myself here in order to actually explain... Uh, the origin of the expression hen do, and also the expression stag do. Um, Now, it's not common knowledge. Um, Most people, I think, don't really know the reason why we call them a hen do and a stag do. Uh, But nevertheless, I don't like to leave questions unanswered on this podcast. So I've done a little bit of uh, fact checking, and I can now tell you, and it's actually pretty simple. Um, The fact is that Although today a hen is uh, a female chicken and also the female of various other types of bird as well, uh, but specifically the, the female chicken, in the past hen didn't just mean a female chicken, it in fact meant the female of any type of bird. Okay, So it was actually a much broader word meaning a female bird. So that was just a nickname meaning um, like a nickname for the female party in this case. So hen was a much broader term, meaning female. That's why it was used um, as the nickname for a a woman's party or the party that the woman has before she gets married. And similarly, stag, although stag now means the male deer, 
In the past, stag was a much broader term and it meant the male of many different types of animals. And so stag also was a nickname used to um, talk about uh, parties held by men before they get married. So that's it. So these days, hen and stag are much more specific, female chicken, male deer. But in the past, there were a lot broader terms. There were much broader terms, hen meaning female in general and stag meaning male in general. That's why those words were used for the nicknames of these two types of party. All right. So good. I'm glad I cleared that up. It's now time to get back into this, this, this fascinating and riveting conversation that I'm having with Alex Love. And here we go. I don't think it's something that everybody knows. And it's not something that you need to know really, if you're going to infiltrate British culture. You don't need to know why it's called a Hindu. You just need to know that it's called a Hindu, and that's it. That's the end of the story. By the way, in the, in the United States, they call it a bachelor party and a bachelor, right. bachelorette party. Um, but mm. stag do and hen do in the UK. So the thing about a hen do, and this leads us back into the conversation we were having about yep, your yep, show. Yep. The thing about mm-hmm. a hen do is that when women get together for their hen do uh, and they come to your comedy show, um, that's usually, well, that can be problematic, can't it? I mean, do you, it can. what do you think about having hen do's in your show? I think, uh, well, when I was doing Edinburgh in 2011 with Paul Langton, we, we were doing a show called a mixed bag um and we thought the title was hilarious because it kind of was a bit self-deprecating mm-hmm. so we did you know we could self-aware that you know oh look it's a mixed bag yeah well it is a mixed bag yeah well it's called that so um because a mixed bag also means well it can mean a bit hit and miss so it's it's inconsistent basically so if someone comes to see your show and then they say oh it was a bit of a mixed bag really yeah that means it's inconsistent Something's so some good. some of it's good, some of it's bad, so, uh, but a lot's just a bit mediocre. Okay, so a bit bland, right? A bit boring. So that's the name of the that was the name of the show, and you got that was a, the name of the show. So a, so we um yeah so so we had the first Saturday was really tough. We um we were full, but we were only full because the rugby fans watching the rugby came in to get out of the rain. So it didn't go very well. And um, I, uh, as, as is known in stand-up comedy circles, I died on my ass. What does that uh, which mean? Means, it means when you get no laughs. So as a comedian, you like to perform and, and you know, you like to get people laughing. Um, to die on your ass means you do your set and you get no laughs at all. Yeah. And, and, it, and it feels like you're dying on stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, it does. It, it it hurts. So, so that was the first Saturday, and then we were about to start the se- second Saturday show, the um, the, the next week, and uh, uh, we so we did a bit before the show where we we slagged off the audience, which means you, uh, uh, well, you you, you badmouth them. You insult the audience. You insult the audience. So we we had a bit when we were hiding behind this curtain, which didn't go all the way down to the bottom so you could still see our feet probably mm-hmm. and we were performing on top of a, a wooden pallet um as a stage and uh, so we'd go behind the curtain we'd speak on the microphone and and um and slag off the audience before the show because it was just say oh this looks like a bit of a rough crowd and we pretend that they couldn't hear us yeah but they could so because we had the microphone so we had a hen do we were just about to start the show and then the hen do comes and sits in the empty front row and we think, oh dear, this is going to be bad because Hindus, you know, they've had a bit to drink and you can't be quite as firm with a Hindu as you could be with a stag. So you can be quite insulting to a group of men and that's fine. But with a Hindu, you've got to play it a bit more carefully because, they, you know, sometimes, um, I mean, you, you can't be, it's kind of frowned upon to be really 
brutal with with a, a um, women in the audience, well, and, and rightly so. Especially, especially a hen do because particularly yeah. the 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 hen, she it's yeah. like her special day, and yeah, you can't you can't insult her because she will get sensitive and upset about yeah. it. They're much easier much easier to offend. Yeah, well, a lot of planning has been put into this, and and you've got to think that there's going to be all sorts of different roles within the group, and and if you know you could get it really wrong just from from being rude. Yeah. So um, so we were saying, oh, there's a hen do. Oh shit. And that got a massive laugh. Um, so we thought, right, we're just going to have to play with this. And they were lovely. They were really fun. And, and we tried to engage them as, in much, as much as we could in the show. And, um, yeah, it was one of our best shows that year. So that was nice. That's great. So, and, yeah. Yeah, what were you going to say? I was going to say, and, and then this year you had another hen do, did you? I had another hen do on, on Saturday. And um, I started the show. And, uh, they were, yeah, again, you see a pattern emerging. The hen was in the front row. I think the friends had put her there deliberately. Yeah. And I was, I was just talking and uh, just started the show. And I said, oh, why are you wearing a sash? And She was, uh, wearing, she was wearing a sash? A sash, yeah. What's a sash? So like a, a ribbon thing, basically, okay. um, that you wear over the shoulder. Yeah. Um, and it goes round uh, to the waist and in a loop. Right. Is that a fair description that, of a sash? I think that's a very good description. <laughs> but you have to probably include what kind of material it's made from. Um, like it, it can vary. It's uh, off, no, well, never very rarely plastic. It's often shiny, cottony stuff, silky stuff. I would say it's a kind of a fake silk, yeah, or a silk effect material, which, yeah. which seems to be a bit shiny, and it in fact may even have something written on it. Um, it's usually about, oh, it's got to be about um, ten centimeters or five centimeters thick. Yep, and it's this band that goes all around, as you said, and it's made of shiny material, and and it might have something written on it, like a you know sort of uh, Sandra's sta- Sandra's Hindu or something like that. Sandra Stagdu. Sandra <laughs> Sandra Stagdu. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm Sandra. Uh, it's more, I'm having a Stagdu. What are you saying? Yeah, um, Sandra's yeah. Hindu would be really nice. So yeah, she was wearing a sash, and you said, "Why are you wearing?" Yeah, a sash? so I said, "Why are you wearing a sash?" And she said, oh, "It's my Hindu." So I said, "Well, because." Um, so I said, well, what sort of show are you expecting? And and that got a big laugh because um, strippers, so people who take that, do I need to descri- no, <laughs> describe you do. that? You need to describe and explain everything. <laughs> so it's a, a stripper is someone who takes their clothes off, often performing a dance routine in return for money. <laughs> so that is their job. They right. take off their clothes and they get paid. So and there's, there's, a bit there's, of, there's male strippers and female strippers as well. Male strippers and female strippers, often for the... Um, the stag do's and the hen do's. The stag do goes to a strip club where the, they they see women take their clothes off and performing routine dance routines. And then the um, it's quite common for the. Well, I suppose they they often hire. You don't really get male strip clubs, do you? No. Well, I suppose you got Chippendales. I think that instead of actually Magic Mike, I suppose, isn't it? But it's like shows, isn't it? Specific shows instead of clubs. So they just have a stripper night at yeah. one place. Yeah. But it's not like a permanent thing. It just happens every now and then. Yeah. Whereas a strip, a strip club for, for men is more like a permanent fixture because men like to see um, naked ladies. There's, there's more of an industry built around the, 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 the gentleman's yeah. uh, strip club uh, yeah. than around the, the, the ladies' uh, strip experience where like, men will get together of a Friday evening and go to a strip club, whereas women usually have to do it as some sort of group event, like an organised yeah. thing, usually as part of a hen do. 
yeah. or, or maybe yeah, a yeah. birthday or something like that. Often they mm. will actually rent the person. They'll rent an individual stripper to come to their house or to come to their party. Don't ask me how I know all about this. Okay. This is just my general <laughs> knowledge. Have you, have you hired any strippers? I've never hired a stripper. I've never been hired. <laughs> either although yeah, you know so that, if the podcast thing doesn't work out if the english teaching doesn't work out for me i've always thought that i could go down that avenue uh, well you, you could ask your listeners if they'd like to pay you some money to see pictures of you without any clothing <laughs> i think i think that might be uh borderline illegal well you, you always talk about wanting to earn some money from the podcast so there, there's an option you could explore true I'm, I'm always looking for new revenue streams i always thought i always imagined that that would come from me offering english teaching services premium english teaching services but i suppose i've got to really think about what my audience really want and <laughs> they might want photos videos or maybe even live appearances in which you could you could you could do english language teaching but when you're stripping right yeah yeah that's (laughs) no one's doing that i'm pretty sure no one's combining english teaching with with removing their clothes no um and you know a lot of vocabulary there it's quite fertile for vocab obviously you've got got the 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 clothing and also the body parts (laughs) you know so yeah, I'm sure that there's uh, some... and then and then the, um, the 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 pace as well. There'd be probably different terms for. Um, I mean, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's it's quick, right? And probably it's sometimes in between those two things. So yes, um, probably. Some I mean, phrasal, phrasal verbs like "Would you like me to speed up? Would you like me to slow down? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to work on the other one or keep going as I am at the moment? <laughs> Take off, put on. Um, you know all those sorts of things. Yeah, so so there's an idea for you. So, um, so th- there's this idea that uh, for Hindus, um, they, there's always this, a male stripper somewhere. You know, mm. p- usually they they bought him. He do, or maybe he'll just appear. A man will just appear and take his clothes off, and, and they haven't hired him. And that you know, um, but then you know they're probably not going to enjoy that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so so yeah, there's this think idea about them hiring strippers for Hindus and so I said you know implying that I w- she, she wanted me to take my clothes off yes so and that got a big laugh from, from the audience and then later on in the show um, I talk about music and the first album that I ever bought mm. uh, was the Smurfs Go Pop <laughs> um, which I was 12 years old and it was 1996 and, and yeah that was the first album I ever bought you can't change the first album you ever bought Smurf, Smurfs Go Pop this yes. Is, um, I don't know if is it necessary to explain who the Smurfs are. Well, the Smurfs are some small blue people who um, have adventures, right? And um, yeah, that's basically what they do. They're small and they're blue, and they wear white hats. And uh, yeah, I'd have, I'd have thought that your listeners know who the Smurfs are. They might have different names in different countries. I think in in Papa Smurf. Papa Smurf. He's the one with the red hat, isn't he, and the red trousers? Because um, I mean, a lot of the Smurfs are shirtless, aren't they? Topless. But, yeah. Going back to the stripping thing that you talked yeah, about. Yeah, so maybe, maybe this, that's what they do. Maybe that's how they make a living. And they've only got one... In the original cartoon, they only had one girl Smurf, so I expect she was quite busy. Is that right? They only yeah. had, there's only one female Smurf? Yeah, but it took a... Well, I think there are more now. In fact, there are more now. But yeah. initially, it was just... For a long time, it was just Smurfette on her own. Really? And uh, Yeah. Bloody hell. She was... Yeah. That must have been quite time-consuming and, and difficult for her. Does, yeah. does that mean that she produced like all of all of the new Smurfs we've got now? Is that 
are those her offspring? I don't know. I, I don't know about the um, the sexual history of Smurf White, um, um, Smurfette, I should say. Yeah. Well, it would. You know, if Smurfs reproduce in the same way that humans do, which I imagine they do, because you know they communicate using English, they live in similar little societies. They're basically anthropomorphic. You know, they're not humans, but they are very, very similar to humans. They're probably the closest to humans. <laughs> Right. Yeah. They're closer to humans than any other animal, right? So you'd imagine that they also reproduce in the same way. Maybe the maybe the pregnancy, the gestation period is shorter. Uh, we don't know, but uh, it would certainly suggest that Smurfette was she's like the sort promiscuous. Of, promiscuous. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she seemed to have got around the whole village. Had a lot of cock. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not beat around the bush, Alex. She <laughs> she everyone had sex with her in Smurf Village. Why not? I'm not judging them. I'm not judging the Smurfs on, on the way that their society operates. That would be uh, sort of racist of me, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would to, be. To start be casting aspersions over the way that the Smurfs live their life. Obviously, by our Western European standards, it's not normal for an entire village to be set up based around one woman. But I don't know how they do things in, in the world of the Smurfs. So, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to judge so, so- yeah, so the the Smurf Scopot was the first album I ever bought, um, and it's a, basically um, cover versions, so other people's songs, but the Smurfs singing them basically and changing a few lyrics. So there's one song on there that I play in my show called uh, Mr. Smurftastic, which is a, a version of uh, Mr. Bombastic by Shaggy. Mr. Smurftastic. And, yeah, and it's a terrible song, So, I, 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 but it's got, kind of got a, if you remember the original, Mr. Bombastic has kind of got a bit of a, a beat to it so it's uh i suppose it's is it hip-hop mr bombastic uh it's ragger it's ragger isn't it they call me yeah. mr bombastic that yeah. one Ro- yeah, yeah. romantic you know that one yeah <laughs> that's the one so it's a smurf singing that in a high voice but he's trying to he's doing a high voice but he's trying to make his voice low so it's it's, it's some skill has gone gone into that or I just can, a computer i can play it alex you you might not be able yeah. to hear this um You'll have to trust me that this is being played, but I'm now going to play a little bit of uh, Mr. Smurftastic just so that my listeners know uh, what you're talking about. Um, Here it is. Okay, you can't hear this, but we're listening to Mr. Smurftastic right now. Yeah, good. Mr. Smurftastic, really fantastic. Mr. Smurftastic, that one. That one, yeah. That was yeah, your, yeah. was that your favourite track on the album? No, no, it wasn't. It's, it's just this probably the stupidest okay. um, track on the album. So I play it because it's it's stupid and, and I think it's quite funny that that was on the first album I ever bought. Yeah. Um. So I played that song for them. I only play like a, a, a five seconds because there's there's only so much you can take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it becomes incredibly irritating after a while. Yeah, it it really does. So I I just play a few few lines of it, about five seconds, and then during when the hairdo was in the front row, I started um, you know pretending to take my clothes off, <laughs> just uh, showing her, her. I was wearing a jacket, showing her her bit of arm, and then you know waving my shirt about, and it, it, it they they really liked it. Strangely. <laughs> okay. Good. So yeah, I just I was playing the room, so which means um, playing around with the people and, and the circumstances you have in a 
particular room that right. you're performing in. Right. Sort of improvising, you know, based on what's happening in the in that room at that yes. particular time. Okay. Yes. All right, great. So you 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 got this uh, promoter in there who might uh, put you on a on a uh, a little tour of in the northwest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, potentially. That's fantastic. I'm very glad to hear sure. that. So yeah. this could it's be a fantastic. It is. Yeah, this could be your launching pad to first of all nationwide success and then Well, I don't know about that. Really? Yeah, it's I mean it's you just got to enjoy it whatever it is. It's um I mean it's probably part of a a longer thing. Mm-hmm. Um but where are you yeah, going where, where are you going with the whole comedy thing? I mean, what's do you have the sort of a 5 or 10 year vision? No, this? no, I don't. I'm just seeing it as it comes really, seeing what happens and then just um reacting well i moved up north so that was kind of a bit of a so i moved to manchester which is um it's easier to make a living out of comedy where it's less expensive to live mm-hmm. than, than london so so that's um part of the plan i suppose um but yeah i'm still getting to, to know the circuit I'm, I'm not getting enough paid uh performance i was going to say gigs Do you, your your listeners know what a gig is don't yeah, they? I, think, I think they know what a gig is by yeah. now yeah 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 so um i'm not getting enough paid gigs to live off of so have a full-time job mm-hmm. um but may- maybe it will lead to something edinburgh can things can happen quickly in edinburgh yeah. um but yeah it's it's nice to be doing a show that's so far sold out for well all but one performance that's really good that's really really good news it's, it's great that you you got this successful show and i'm very happy for you fantastic smurftastic as you said yeah congratulations yeah, yeah. um so the Thank show you. the show is all about um pub quizzes right how to win a pub yes. quiz so yes. you told us last time that the first half of the show is like stand-up i guess yeah. you're just you know you're doing stand-up you're maybe working the room and all that sort of thing yeah the second half of the show is where you do a pub quiz with the with the whole uh, audience right Yes. Now, just wh- why was why the pub quiz? Why did you choose to do a pub quiz themed uh, show this time? Well, uh, I, I've been doing it for a couple of years, and I came up with the idea. Um, it kind of um, evolved a bit um, because I do. I don't think you've heard my joke about giant squid, have you? No, and I've I've heard about your giant squid joke, but I've never actually. Yeah, well, I was. I've never, actually, I've never it. actually seen it happen live. The well, last time, well, the last, I know I could have done the last time. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I performed a show with you, I I was the MC. I was about to, I was about to go on. Go on, go on. You tell you explain <laughs> I, what happened. All right, so I was waiting to go on, and you were you were MCing, and uh, we were running a bit behind schedule. So we were running a bit late with our show. We started a bit late, so um, so we would have finished later. So I was ready to go on. And uh, you, you were emceeing, and then you forgot that I was on, and they called an interval. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I was, I was all ready. I was, and, and I, was, and I, you know, I was running the night as well, and we were running late. So I thought, oh, I just won't go on, and then we'll just we'll be able to finish on time if with the headliner, who was Sarah Pascoe that day. That's right, Sarah Pascoe, who is now famous from television and uh, yeah, all that sort of thing. Good. She was on our show, your show, in fact, at that point. Yeah, I completely yep. forgot to introduce you onto the stage. <laughs> I, and I was really looking forward to seeing this um, this giant, the giant squid, the giant squid yeah. material, but uh, I just completely forgot that you existed. Yeah. Uh, just the, you know, just the, the lights, the the adrenaline of the performance um, meant that I just completely forgot about you. I'm really sorry because I want to see your giant squid thing. You Obviously, you can't repeat it now, can you? Can uh, you? No, not really because it relies... So how it works is um, it's about 
giant squid anatomy and um a, a giant squid giant squid anatomy so like the yeah, so the body of a giant squid so their um their genetic makeup basically what is a giant squid well it's a, a squid which is um really big a creature with a head and some tentacles and it lives in the, the sea yeah and is often pink or already yeah but a reddy orange color yeah and um is that not... and it's just sorry what were you gonna say I was going to say, isn't it like an octopus? No. Well, it's, it's similar. It's similar to an octopus, but it's different. An octopus has eight legs and a giant squid has ten. Okay. So they've got um, eight legs plus very long tentacles that they use for catching prey. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. So, and uh, the giant squid is like a squid, but really big. Yeah. All right, then. Yeah, yeah. About um, they can get up to about fifteen meters in length, so wow. they are pretty big. Huge. Yeah. So they so they've got a massive eye, mm. which is ten inches and in, about around approximately ten inches in diameter. And then they've got how they eat is in the middle of their tentacles. Um, I expect your listeners not a squid is Luke, but yeah. You know. <laughs> well, they do now because we've obviously explained it thoroughly. Of course, they know a, a squid is. I don't know. They might. Have, of course, they know about squid that the squid exists, but they it might have a different word in their language. <laughs> like you know, what is yeah. it in uh, Spanish? Calamari, squid. calamari, right? Cal- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Calamari. So they, they, of course, they know about the existence of squid, but they just might have yeah. another name. Yeah. So, so in in the middle of the uh, the tentacles, so underneath their head. Is uh, they they instead of a mouth they have a a beak, like a bird. They have a bird under their head. No, they have a the beak, so the the nose and mouth bit of a bird basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as a, as a mouth. All right. Okay, so they've got a beak, but inside all yeah. those tentacles, there's a beak in the middle, like yes. a, like the. And way... then they use that to eat. All right. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's not the joke, is it? No, it's not. No. So um so. I say that the worst way to be killed would be eaten alive by a giant squid because mm. it's trying to eat you, but um, it's got you, so you're going to die, but it's just trying to eat you with a little beak, which is it's a bit annoying. And then yeah. I say, what's the matter? I, it's a phrase. Um, are your eyes too big for your stomach? Mm. <laughs> right. So they have enormous eyes. And then I have to explain to the, the audience that, why that joke works. Right, um, I see. Yeah, so th- there's a bit more to it than that. So um, yeah, you obviously have to see the the joke uh, happen live in yeah. its, in its natural habitat, and you're not. Yeah, I don't think I've done it just. No, you ha- today. well, you haven't just. Perf- you obviously haven't just performed the joke to us, and no. you haven't given it away. But essentially, no. it's about a giant squid, squid and being yeah. eaten alive by a giant squid, and the fact that their eyes are much bigger than their stomach, probably because they've got massive um, eyes. They've got massive yeah, eyes. Yeah, just enormous right? eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah. you you as you're being eaten by the squid, you say, "What's the matter? Your, your eyes are bigger than your stomach." Anyway, people have to come that, and see do your. You wanna, do you want to explain that phrase? Uh, do you, you want to explain it? Yeah, I'll explain it. So, if if your eyes are bigger than your stomach, it means that um, your desire to eat is actually bigger than than your capacity to eat. So, for example, if you look at a cake, you might think, "Oh, yum, yum, yum! I'm going to eat that entire cake." But you get halfway through it and you're full and you feel sick. And then someone could say to you, oh, obviously your eyes are bigger than your stomach, which means that um, you're, you need all. Yeah, you're much greedier than your stomach capacity will allow. Okay, right. So there you go. Uh, so now yeah. anyone who comes to see your show will be pre-armed. Squid. With yeah, all yeah. of the... Yeah, there you go. There's a pun. Pre-armed. 
Yeah, because they've got lots of arms. Right. Okay. There you go. The there everyone will be prepared now for prepared, uh, yeah. for that joke. So when they actually yeah. do come to your show, then they'll actually see the joke happening in real life. It's very difficult, Alex, when when jokes happen on this podcast because um, you know humor is often the last thing that you understand. And I've mm-hmm. I've experienced this numerous times, not just on my podcast, but uh, in my pretty much everyday life. You know because. Uh, I talk to audiences, I talk to groups of uh, students of English, and sometimes jokes happen and no one realises, just there's no yeah. realisation, nothing. And it's not just at work and at comedy, also at home, sometimes I'll make hilarious word jokes and my wife is just like, what, What's, what was that? And I'm like, that was, <laughs> okay. uh, never mind. You know, so, you know, it's, an, it's a regular occurrence. But anyway, so yeah. you, you had this yeah. material about the giant joke. squid. Yeah, and it was going quite well. And I thought, oh, how, how about doing a show with uh, bits of trivia and, and interesting uh, facts? And then I thought, well, what, what brings um, facts together? Uh, a pub quiz. So um, and then I thought pe- people would probably like to play a pub quiz in, in my show. And, um, and yeah, and that's, that's how I came up with the idea. Also, the, the pub quiz is just a really popular thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a, a British... Uh, institution as they say so um it's, pub quizzes are everywhere and people pe- they're very popular people people like going to them and playing um so do you, do you want me to explain how the pub quiz works the the typical english or british pub quiz as a phenomenon yes, yes please i'd yes. like to just right. give us All a right. brief description of the pub quiz as a cultural phenomenon go right so so it's in a pub and you get into teams in the pub but generally teams of about four or five and you compete against other teams who are also in the same pub. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you get an answer sheet. And then there's a quiz master, mm-hmm. who in my show is me. And then they read out uh, questions. And then you have to put down the right answer. And the winner is whoever gets the most questions right. Okay. And they can win prizes such as um, money or sometimes drinks vouchers or sometimes some weird boxes of shit. What what kind of shit? Not actual <laughs> shit, right? No, well, that would not be weird. many pub quizzes I've been to. Just just boxes of random things they have behind the bar, like magazines, bottles of alcohol, other things, oranges. There was an orange in a box that I won once in a pub quiz. You won an orange in a box? Yeah, I mean, there was more to it. There was, a, there was, other, st- <laughs> there was other stuff in, in the box than just an orange. <laughs> I was going to say, it was hardly even worth putting it in a box, really. It's just an orange. In a pot, yeah. So that was that was there, and um, yeah, it was all sorts of drinks and um, yeah, magazines and okay, uh, other weird things. But these objects. these pub quizzes happen in pubs all over the country every evening. Uh, there's always a pub quiz somewhere, and yeah, they're yeah. really, really, really popular. And we love this kind of thing. I'm sure that it's it's it happens in other countries too. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm convinced. But certainly, yeah, it does. It's, it's certainly part of pub culture that uh, you know every pub will put on a quiz on a quiet evening of the week, and you get these teams sitting around, and everyone's drinking beer and having a nice time, drinking wine and stuff. And yeah, the quiz master is reading out the questions, and it's you know a fun little community thing to to do. And they're so popular that. Uh, this is why pubs put them on because it's a guarantee to get people into your pub and you can sell a few drinks and it's just a good way of attracting people into the, into the, uh, into the public house. So you've cleverly uh, incorporated a pub quiz into your comedy show as a way yep. of drawing audience members into the show. And it, yep. apparently it's working. It works. 
It has worked, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So you've written then uh, a, a series of questions. Yeah. Um, and um, I guess the audience has to kind of try and answer the questions. And you get, Do you give yes. out a prize or something at the end? Yeah, there are prizes, yeah. Okay. Um, it's often a, a Darkness album. So the, the band The Darkness, who I'm particularly fond of, um, often uh, they're referenced throughout the show. So it's um, if I give a, a prize, then then it's something I've spoken about previously in the show so it's um it gets a, a laugh as well lots of callbacks yes there are lots of callbacks and then there are callbacks in in the questions as well so and we're reading out the answers sometimes i do a callback to something i said previously in the show and it's it just seems to work quite well that way mm. yeah okay that's good now on the subject of uh, pub quizzes mm-hmm. and and oh and by the way this is the second time that you've been featured on this podcast on your own alex yeah which means that you've achieved Twice as much as Paul Langton. Twice, and, only twice. Um, well, at least twice. In fact, your episode was divided into two parts. Yeah. So actually, this go. is three times <laughs> as much as Paul has achieved. Now, Moz achieved more than Paul too because his episode was quite long, and he yeah. we had quite a good chat, which involved quite a lot of swearing at the end, which meant that his conversation with me was extended. Um, mm. But you're in the lead at this point. With, with three episodes. Yeah. Then Moz is in second place and Paul is um, coming in a dismal third place here. So, yeah. you know, not only have you produced uh, a best-selling, sold-out show at the Edinburgh yeah. Fringe, you've also, you're at this stage, you're coming first in the Luke's English Podcast Olympics. To, uh, to be honest, that was my plan all along. Yeah. That is what I wanted I thought in, so. in, in life. I thought so. Ultimately, that's what this is all about. Okay, so that's it for part one of the conversation. Did you notice all of the vocabulary that I listed at the beginning of the episode? Don't forget that you can find all of that uh, language written on the page for this episode on my website. Um, In part two, which should be available to you now, um, we do our little pub quiz in which we ask each other various questions, including some questions about the English language. So if you want to know what all of our questions are and who wins, then you can check out part two now. Uh, That's it, though, for this one. Thank you very much for listening. Um, All I'd like to say at this point is join the mailing list. Um, Go to my website and you can join the mailing list in the top right hand corner. That's a good way to get access to pages for these episodes immediately. Just get an email in your inbox and you can go straight to the page where you'll find all of the language listed and all the other things. You can download directly from the page as well. Um, Don't forget to check out Audible and italki. Um, Send a donation to Luke's English Podcast if you want to say thanks. It's probably the most sincere way that you can say thanks. And uh, Other than that, just have a good day or night or morning or evening or afternoon or bus journey, train journey, gym session, walk, nap, jog or sleep or whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this. Thank you very much for listening. I'll speak to you in part two. But for now, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.